With that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. How I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio to open the Word of God and study His precious Word together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we study the Word of God today. We're turning our Bible, please, to the book of Luke, chapter number 18, and I want to read from verse number 9 down to verse number 14 as we continue our study on the subject, but preacher, why missions? The Bible said, speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week, I give tithes of all that I possess, and the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. That's reading from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verse number 9, down through verse number 14. I want to continue the study that I began a couple of weeks ago on the subject preacher, why missions. And we'll spend a greater part of the broadcast today reviewing and letting God speak to our heart again and then progress on in this final aspect of the study for this week. I answered that question, first of all, by saying to you, the command of the scriptures demand that I be involved in missions. I could never repeat it too much. The Great Commission is not a choice. It is a commandment. We are commanded by the resurrected Lord to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Again, I emphasize, that's not a choice. That is a commandment. That is not an option. That is an obligation. And so we looked at the Great Commission. The Word of God commands us to be involved in the work of missions. We found that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I mentioned to you that you could not preach the gospel in the wrong place, neither could you preach the gospel to the wrong person. God wants every creature to have a preacher. And then we looked at the book of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18 through verse 20, and we studied several days upon the Great Commission, building upon the word go. We looked at the thought, go who? 
And we saw that every saved person is to be busy going somewhere, telling someone about the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we looked at go where, and we determined from the Word of God that anywhere there's a sinner, there's a mission field. The Bible said, go into all the world. The Bible said, go ye therefore and teach all nations. The Bible said, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations. And then the Bible said again, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So we looked at the thought, go who? We looked at the thought, go where? And then we looked at the thought, go what? What is a missionary supposed to do? And we came to the conclusion from the Word of God that the missionary on the foreign field is supposed to be doing the same thing that the local church is doing right here on the home field. And then I reverse order on that and say that the church on the home field is supposed to be doing the same thing the missionary is expected to do on the foreign field. You see, what is that, preacher? Carry out the orders of the Great Commission. And they're easily divided into three categories. We show, first of all, that that missionary is to go evangelize. That is done through the preaching and teaching to bring sinners under conviction, making them aware of the fact they're a sinner, they need a Savior, and Christ died for them. So we learned the job of a missionary was to go evangelize. And then we found out, second, the job of the missionary is to baptize. And we have it laid out for us very plainly by our resurrected Lord in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we learn that baptism identifies that new convert, first of all, with the Lord Jesus Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. The old man has died out to sin. He's buried in the liquid grave, and he rises up out of that water as a testimony to walk in newness of life. Also, we learn from the Word of God that water baptism identifies that new convert with the local church. And so we found that the missionary's responsibility is to evangelize and then is to baptize. And then we saw number three, that after the missionary has led people to Christ, they are saved, they're baptized. Then he is to begin a discipleship program of stabilizing them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So we learn from the Great Commission that we must be involved in missions. There are a lot of other tools of evangelism. But my friend, there is no substitute for the man of God on the job as a missionary doing what God calls missionaries to do. So we saw the command of the Scripture. Go who? Go where? Go what? And then we looked at the thought, go when? And we discovered from the Word of God that the Bible said, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. So right now, 
We're not to wait. Jesus said in John 4, 35, Say not, therefore, my sin then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, Lift up your eyes, look on the fields, for they're white already to harvest. So the urgency is that now is the accepted time. Go when? Now. Do not delay. And then number five, we looked at the thought, go how? How is a missionary to go? And we went back to the book of Psalms 126, verse 5 and 6, where the word of God said, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. From those two verses of Scripture we saw, there's the going of the servant. There is the sowing of the seed. There is the flowing of the tears. And there is the mowing of the sheaves. So God's Word commands us to be involved in the work of missions. Then we looked at the second thought, and we discovered an answer to the question, Preacher, why missions was the condition of the sinner. You see, sinners do not have it within themselves to save themselves. They cannot do it of their works, their wealth, their wishing, their wanting, their walking, or their working. They just cannot save themselves. The Bible said in Titus chapter 3, verse number 5, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. But we looked at the condition of the sinner, and we discovered in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 9, that every sinner is born with a heart that is deceitful and desperately wicked. And then we learn from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4, that Satan, the god of this world, had blinded the mind of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine unto them. So not only is a sinner born with a heart that is deceitful, but a sinner is born with a mind that is darkened. And then a sinner is born with a body that is dying. Life is swiftly passing by. And the society and the flesh cries out, Give me a good time. Live it up while I'm young. I'll soon be old. And then the Word of God in Ephesians 2.1 summarizes that sinners are dead in trespasses and in sin. And my friend, I ask the question, how could a sinner ever change his deceitful heart? How could a sinner ever change his darkened mind? How could a sinner ever change the fact that he's dead in trespasses and in sin? And I submit to you that is a total impossibility for a man to save himself. What is that sinner's hope? The only hope that that sinner has is that we who have the gospel take the gospel to them. You see, in the gospel, there is revelation. There is light that shines into the darkened mind and lets them see their need of a Savior, their condition before God, and their opportunity to be saved because Christ died for them. But not only does that gospel have a message of revelation, but that gospel has a message of regeneration. It converts that deceitful heart and puts inside that person a new heart, a heart with a desire to love God. 
to live for God, to lift up God to a lost and a dying world. And not only does the gospel have a message of revelation, light to those who are in darkness, a message of regeneration, liberation to those that are in deceit, it also is a message of resurrection. It has a message of life for those who are dead in trespasses and in sin. Dear friend, hear me today. There is no other salvation. There is no other hope. There is not another book in this world that has a message that will be light to those in darkness, life to those who are dead in trespasses and sin, liberation to those that are bound by a degenerate, deceitful, desperately wicked heart. There is no other hope for them except we who have the gospel take the gospel to them. The gospel is God's message of light. It's God's message of love. It's God's message of life. It's God's message of liberation. And friend, if we do not reach them with the gospel, their blood will drip from our fingertips at the judgment seat of Christ. So, preacher, why missions? The command of the scripture demands my involvement. The condition of the sinner demands my involvement. The Lord willing, we'll continue on the broadcast tomorrow. Father, take the word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust you enjoy the broadcast today. How I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege that our Lord allows us day after day together by the radio and study His Word together. Let me encourage you that you pray for the broadcast that the Lord would bless it and use it to the glory and honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. Also, I want to encourage you that you write to us and share with us in the financial burden of the radio ministry. We have a few churches and individuals that support us on a monthly basis, but we need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for us? And then as the Lord directs your heart, sit down and write to us and share with us in the financial burden. Simply address that letter to Harvest Time 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179, Promise Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you. Until the next broadcast. Argonaut.